Hello and welcome everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of the Every Day is a New Day show. I'm your host, Kim O'Neill. And before we get going, I, you know, before we even do our initial shake off exercise, because we're going to do that in a moment here, I want to take a moment to acknowledge those experiences, those life experiences that we all go through, we all have, that have the great potential to get in the way of other things we have to take care of. Can you relate? Can you identify? I think we all can. And so what do we do to be able to keep moving forward? We have to take care of ourselves. Without this, it's going to make it harder to have that new day experience for you to, to be you in the world and move forward. So with that said, whatever's going on in your world today, I invite you to come into this moment, be present, and let's shake it off. Let's <sighs> recognizing anything that may be showing up in your world, anything that's lingering, whether it just showed up today, whether it's from five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it might be, still looming in your world. <sighs> you are in your greatest power when you step into this moment. And that's never through ignoring the past, but simply recognizing what is and what are we going to do about it? And we're going to shake off the energy shift. I could say so much more about this, but we're not going to do that right now. So just know you're not alone if you're experiencing anything. With that, I'm going to go ahead and move into sharing with you my quote that I want to share with you that speaks also to today's amazing guest and what she's about to share with us. So we're going to begin with a quote, and this is from Charles DeLint. Don't forget, no one else sees the world the way you do. So no one else can tell the stories that you have to tell. No one else out there in the world is you, will shine the way that you do. And that's what makes you extra special. So with that, I'm going to share a little bit more about today's guest with you, and then we'll bring her up on screen. Today's guest is published author and expert writing coach, Dr. Jennifer Jones, who has been helping writers become happier and more productive since 2001. She trained to teach writing during her PhD at the University of California at Davis, and she has taught at universities in the United States and the United Kingdom, and now coaches consultants, coaches, and healers to write their credibility-building books. To date, Jennifer has written three books, and her first book, titled There's a Book in Every Expert, That's You, came out to rave reviews in 2020. And when she's not talking about writing, she can often be found researching and writing about banned books, which I think is freaking awesome, or Victorian medicine and popular culture. And today, we are going to be talking with you about how the world needs your message. So with that, I'm going to bring Jennifer up on screen. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you, Kim. I, I want to share with everyone just you know, how far back we go, because I personally love this. Uh, Jen, Dr. Jennifer Jones and I, and I love that. Kudos to you for getting your doctorate. <laughs> um, Jennifer, Dr. Jennifer Jones and I go back all the way to uh, like middle school, uh, yeah, I, yeah, middle school is exactly it, where we were playing soccer, we went to the same church, and um, here we are today. I love, I just love seeing what Jennifer's doing today, and she absolutely can help you if you are looking to put your message out there in the world more. So I'm glad that you're here today, Jennifer. Thank you. I was telling somebody that I was going to be on your podcast, and she said, well, how did you meet? Like, on this soccer team, my dad was coaching. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just, you never know, like, you know, you meet someone somewhere and how they're going to show up in your life again at some point. So, um, I just, I love stuff like that. So, okay. Well, so we're talking today about how the world needs your message. And I, I completely agree. And I love that you're able to help people with this. I, you know, let's start with why is this important to you? Why, why do you want people to know that the world needs their message? A lot of it come, and most of the people I work with are women, though not all of them. And a lot of people, and especially women, resist writing books because they don't okay. see themselves as authorities. Our culture still sees people who have written a book as the authority on the, the topic. And I love that quote you opened with, that nobody sees the world the way you do and nobody can tell the stories that you tell. Because that's absolutely true. When somebody tells me, oh, I can't write a book, there's already a book on whatever it is that they're an expert in. Like, okay, there, you know, I'm sure there are, but you didn't write it. And people, and especially people you want to work with, need to hear your take on it. Right. I think there are, you know, the word authority, it, that can sound like such a big word. And I think it's, it's words like that. And, and that's exactly what it is, but it's words like that, that start to throw a wrench in things for people or really hit those limiting belief points for everyone to kind of like, Oh wait, I'd have to go through that first. So what have you, have you noticed that too? Like, like what have you found about how people respond to just certain words like authority? Well, they're re resisting putting themselves forward as the expert or the authority. And I help them around that issue because there's no such thing. Nobody knows everything about any topic. You were just an expert. So you're just joining the conversation with the others. Okay. And that's the other word, expert. Like I, I remember I used to have a huge issue with that word myself, expert, right? Like who, who, who am I to call myself an expert on anything, right? But you, that was like such a subtle and powerful shift right there. An expert, because no one, no one is not an expert. How about that? No, right. Everyone is the expert on their experiences and on their expert, their knowledge, their expertise, Oh my gosh. Okay. Really good. I love, I love that subtle shift of Anne. So aside from, aside from, you know, just a little bit, you've already shared, what is, what does someone need to know to share their message? Like, let's take that just a little bit further. What else comes up when, yeah, go ahead. I think you have to believe you have something worth sharing. And I work with a lot of coaches and they know they have something worth sharing with their clients or they wouldn't be coaching them. At least I hope they wouldn't. But convincing them that they need to share that more broadly because as you know, even if you wanted to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can't. And even if you did, you couldn't help everyone who needs you. But if you get your message out in another form, whether that's a podcast or a book or both, then, um, or a blog, whichever form is easiest for you, at least to begin with, then you can start diversifying. Then you're getting it out. You're getting it in front of more people and you're helping more people, including the people you may never meet. Yeah. I have found that um, writing a book, I've been a, a co-author on a few books myself, and I have found that each one is its own personal development journey, has its own little thing to go through. And, and that's, you know, that's, 
you know, what I hear coming up through just simply getting person's brain around, oh, I'm the expert and my message is worth sharing through a book. Because, okay, yeah, let's address that. I can see lots of people going, yes, I know my message is worth sharing. That's what I do, what I do. But then having a complete different block, maybe it's not about the word expert, maybe it's not about the word authority, but having a whole other block on sharing it through a book. Do, do you see, do you know what I mean? Like, like, oh, well I do. Like I, I, you know, I have a website and I, I work one-on-one with people, but like, well, writing a book, like how does that really benefit me? Why do I need to do that? And, and I'm even going to take the word need out. Nobody needs to do anything. Um, but you make a fantastic point about how you reach so many more people. It's, it's a completely different ball game when you get to go beyond your sphere of, of who you can see immediately in front of you. Yeah, that And that's a huge shift for a lot of coaches, especially accepting that you can be helping all of these people that aren't physically in your sphere. But also it helps your current clients. You know, if I'm coaching somebody Ooh. through writing their first book and we've already had the discussion about how to deal with writer's block and they're having it again, I can remind them just reread chapter seven. And then they've got me there on their desk. And they can go back to it. <laughs> that is such a good point. That is such a good point. Okay. And so, and so just to remind everyone that, yeah, like you specifically help, help your clients write their credibility building books. And so absolutely. What a fantastic adjunct resource to have right there. You're, you might be one-on-one -on -one talking with, with Jennifer or talk, talking with your clients. Maybe you're a health coach or, or is, is there a certain theme of types of, coaches or uh, that you I tend to work with people who help people. Um, okay. I'm currently coaching an accountant and uh, okay. co-authors who help people with chronic pain. So it runs the whole gamut. Okay. So there you go. If you work with people, <laughs> if you work with people, <laughs> what a, what a great resource for you to have your own book to support you in the work that you do, because you know that, you know, you've only got the one hour with the client, right? Or you're only going to see them once a week, or maybe it's once a month, wh who, whatever your frequency is. And your book can be that backup resource rather than, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe lots of emails or just, you know, not helping the client through that one little thing they need to move themselves forward. I hadn't even, I don't think I'd ever thought of it that way. That's great. It also helps with depending on their learning style, because most of our coaching yeah. sessions tend to be speaking. But if you, I mean, I personally take in information through reading it. Whenever I am meeting a large group of people, they could tell me their names every day for a month. I'm not going to learn any of them till I see them written down. And I know that. And for my clients who happen to be text-based like I am, then they need the book as well as, you know, coming to me that that's where, okay, you know how you said I need to do this thing. How does that work for my book? That's where the coaching comes in uh, for that kind of client. But for a client who does better with, you know, speech, then they're going to do better in the session itself, I think. I want to ask you, what, what led you to, uh, what led you to want to be a writing coach and help people in this way? When I stopped working in universities in 2016, and I stopped that because I grew up in the States. I live in the UK. 
I did not move over the ocean to still not live with my husband. And it was clear we weren't going to get jobs in the same area. And I did not want to be going back and forth on trains all the time. So that's why I left academia. Then I set up as an editor. And so I got to help people with writing, but they were just names on emails. And I, I missed actually working with the writer. But at the same time, I'm realizing as a business owner how much writing I had to do. I had to send out newsletters and write blog posts and write social media posts, and it just never ended. And lots of business owners were, you know, doing all of the things that I know writers do that make it hard. And it doesn't need to be hard. Writing is only as hard as we make it. And I can make it easier. So that's why I do it. I love that, Jennifer. I com- I completely agree. There's so many tasks in life that may initially seem so easy, but if we can make that subtle shift of, wait a second, this doesn't have to be so hard. And, you know, it can be so easy for, for a person out there who's an entrepreneur working on their own. They don't have staff. They don't have other people helping themselves out to already be in the mode of, well, I've got to do everything. It's all me. And that's where co- you know, coaches have coaches. You, you know, it's, it's okay. You want to have help and the writing piece doesn't have to be as hard. Hire a writing coach who can allow it to be easier. So, okay. Okay. Love that. So Jennifer, I now want to bring up the the subject of perfectionism because I know that that inevitably is, plays a role somewhere in all this. And I would love for you to speak to, to that a little bit more. What, what do you have to say about perfectionism and the writing process? Perfectionism is that thing that's always getting in the way of us taking action. At the beginning of a, a, a new writing project, whether it's an email or a book, it's you can't move on till you've got the right first word or the right first sentence or whatever, because we think it has to be perfect from the beginning. That's not our fault. For most of us, this was done to us at school where we were taught to write for exam situations. And in an exam, your first draft is your only draft. So it has to be good. You're not at school anymore. No one's going to follow you around a market. And you get to go through as many drafts as you need to. And in real world writing, so not exam situations, your first draft needs to be an absolute mess. That's the only way it's going to actually truly get done. And I compare the writing process to clearing out your wardrobe or your closet for the Americans. Um, The first step in that process is to take all of the clothes out and throw them on the bed. You don't judge that big pile of clothes on the bed because you need it to be there so that you can see what's there and decide where to put it back. And that's what you need to let happen with your first draft. That is such a good example. I, I, so I love that you took it, take it back to when we are all in school, we can all relate to that and how, yes, right. We're, we're focusing on, I want to get the A, I have to get a good grade, uh, for whatever reason, right? Maybe you had added pressure because parents wanted you or or maybe, I don't know, maybe you weren't doing so good and you, now you needed that A just to pass the class or who knows what, whatever. And we get to keep rewriting here as professionals. We're not in school anymore. It's a different situation. So such a good example. And I love that you bring in writing in wardrobes. I love that. That's We may not use that word as often here in, in the US, but I, that's, I love that word. It's a beautiful word. So um Exactly. Exactly. We wouldn't judge it. We would just simply deal with it and move on. And, uh, and, and I want to even acknowledge, like, even when you feel like you've got things down, there are always moments where things flub up. I'm going to simply acknowledge in case it in any way is obvious here. 
today in today's recording we've had more than one flub that that we have had to oh okay let's work around that it happens and we move on and so okay i so i hope i didn't cut you off there what was there anything else you wanted to say about the perfectionism piece um just that you do need your sort of inner critic or the inner perfectionist to come out when it's time to edit but don't let her get in the way and come in when she doesn't need to be there. Because if we go back to the wardrobe analogy, you don't take a jacket out that you haven't worn in five years. Tailor it to fit your body today. And then remember that you hate the color and the fabric makes you itch. Nobody's going to waste time tailoring a garment that they're not going to keep. So don't waste time editing a sentence you're not going to keep. You need to get it all out first. Then let her come back in. I, I I completely agree with that. So, to me, that's a, an excellent approach to writing. It's, you know, I think it's similar to so many aspects of our life. We are always, always, all of us, works in progress, right? As long as we're alive, there's always something more to move towards or something to move through. And we figure it out. We work through it. And so same thing with, with writing. I love that you're able to, to show that. So Okay. Do you have any tips for how a person, because I feel like we've already started to, to touch on this, but let's go a little deeper with having fun with the writing process. Do you have any tips for how a person can have more fun in the writing process and, you know, different ways that they can explain what it is that they want to share with the world? Work with how you work best. You don't have to write the way any other writer has ever worked. I'm always resistant to answer whenever my clients ask me how I approach writing. Just because it works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for them. Um, broadly speaking, you probably either like to write little and often or just shut everything out and do nothing but write for days at a time. I've done both. I'm little and often camp. The other one, I, I don't sleep well if I've been writing for eight hours. I can't turn off my brain and then get to sleep at night. Um, but you need to work with what works for you. Now that may mean trial and error. It may mean um, having to rearrange your schedule to work with how you work, but you need to do you instead of trying to, well, this is what Jennifer does, so it's what I have to do. No. Right. Um, also, don't tie yourself to your keyboard. If you prefer to write longhand, write longhand. If you want to write in crayon on pink paper, do that. Um especially if you're blocked, get as far away from your normal writing situation as possible. Go sit in the grass with some pink paper and a purple glitter pen and your inner critic can't come in. She knows you're not going to share that on the internet. <laughs> that, that is that's such a great example. Exactly. It's what, what types of things, oh my gosh, that's such a good one. What types of outer things can you do that signal to the inner critic Hey, we know we're not sharing this anyway, so we don't need to judge it. It's okay. That's such a that's such a great little thing. I so I've also heard you say another thing, and I want to um, I would love for you to speak to this about how we can write as if we're writing to our friend. Yes, a lot of the times, whenever people say they can't figure out where to start a project, they're trying to write the thing they need to write instead of the thing their reader needs to read. And if we put the focus on the reader, then all of a sudden the stress is off of us because we're serving the reader. And as coaches, we're a lot more comfortable with that. Um, but you need to get to know your reader. So I have my clients go through, you know, who, 
is your ideal reader? We give the reader a name, an age, a living situation. Then we go through how do they think? How did they vote in the last election? Are they religious or spiritual? If so, how? If not, why not? Because there's always a story there somewhere. Um, how do they feel about the people they were around growing up? Lots of stories there that get you to yeah. what their hangups are going to be. And then that's how you can write what they need to read. I'm going to go, I'm going to go deep here for a moment because this is coming up for me. So I, I, I love, I love that you, you know, encourage people to write as if they're writing to a friend um, because that's so much easier, right? We can have so much more flow and enjoy that process a lot more. And what was coming up as you were talking about, um, well, just everything you just said is who is your ideal client? And so often, not always, but so often, and for everyone out there, you have to let us know in the comments if you can resonate with this. Uh, how often is your client actually you? It's another version of the coach, the healer, the consultant, the accountant themselves. Uh, maybe not so much the accountant, right? Multiple, it's, maybe it's a broader audience there. But um, for so many of us who are helping people with their own stuff, I mean, there, there's a usually a similarity. Um, and so if we're talking about writing, writing as if we're writing to our friend, are we our own best friend first? And that goes right back to the self-care, taking care of yourself so you can do what you do. And that huge reciprocal effect of being able to flow and move forward and have this new day experience. I just had to highlight that because it was really showing up as you were speaking. So um, I, wow. Well, my ideal reader is me now about 20 years ago. Right. I trained to teach writing in 2001. I taught my students a lot of the things that I still teach my clients. But my writing was, I was going to be serious academic. My writing was supposed to be hard, and I made it so. Um, I could have cut years off the PhD process had I just followed the advice I was giving my students. And I could see it was working for them. But my writing was supposed to be hard, so it was. And for a lot of my writers, their ideal reader is them 10, 20 years ago. So you know this person really well. You just got to get back to talking to her. For... Um, because there's always a little resistance on this writing to one ideal reader business because that I want more than one person to read my book. Of course mm -hmm. you do. Yeah. Um, one of my earliest clients actually gave me the best example for this. So Abby, thank you. I will be using this example forever. Abby wrote her book for a 40 year old British woman who was, was starting her business after her children were old enough to be at school most of the day and didn't need her at home. Her cover designer had just turned 30, is a man, and lives in Germany. Um, okay. So nothing at all on any front in common with her ideal reader except they're human. He messaged her the day after she sent him the draft because he was just gonna read the first chapter or two to get a feel for the book, to say he'd stayed up all night to finish it. <gasps> Wow. So whenever you're writing as if you're writing to a person, it makes it easy for all of your readers to connect to what you're writing, even if they have nothing at all in common with what you're writing. I mean, she had lots of references to, you know, working around your children. Well, he doesn't have to worry about that. But, you know, it, it didn't stop him from connecting to the book. 
That is such a good story. Jennifer, I was actually just about to ask you about for a story. And there you go. That, that is a wonderful story of, wow. Okay. So how about that? So let's just recap that. A way to make the writing process simpler for the writer, for the coach, the healer, uh, is to speak to one person. And yet in that speaking to one person, oh my gosh, you're speaking to the man who you think can't even relate to you or, right. Or the woman who can't relate to the whoever. Right. So that's really cool. That's awesome. That's a great story. Um, I have, let's see here. I, there's another quote I came up with and I just want to highlight this because I think there may be something here we can also speak to. So this quote comes to us from Werner Heisenberg and he says, an expert is someone who knows some of the worst mistakes that can be made in his subject and how to avoid them. I'm going to just repeat that again. An expert is someone who knows some of the worst mistakes that can be made in his subject and how to avoid them. I freaking love this quote. Jennifer, uh, I want to ask you before I say anything, do you have any thoughts on this quote? I think most of us become experts in the things we struggled with. Yeah. Um, now, I couldn't in good conscience start coaching writers until I let go of my hangups and started putting into practice what I was teaching. Um, it works. I now know that I can write 40,000 words in a a rough draft version in about 40 hours. Wow. Um, that's how fast we speak. You can also just dictate your book okay. and work better by speaking. Um, but my PhD that I was averaging, you know, 30, 40 words a day. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> 30 to 40 words a day. That's just clicking in. Is that what you yeah, those were good days. Um, so yeah, I, I know all of the mistakes and but it was learning from them and how not to do that. Right. Um, and I think probably most coaches have been through the problem that they help their clients solve. So you've probably been there, done it the wrong way, and then learned the easy way. I, yeah, thank you. I love that you shared that because it, it can be so easy to just make that assumption that, oh, this person's never had that problem because they're at they're at that stage of owning their expertise, their authority, but it's because they've been through the mistakes. They've been through all the little hiccups and it doesn't have to be as hard, you know? Um, yeah, it's so anyway, I'm glad we sp I'm glad we spoke to that for anybody who's thinking what? No, I can't work with a working. Co maybe maybe there's a person out there thinking I'm even too embarrassed to work with a writing coach because I'm only writing 30 to 40 words a day. I can't even imagine writing beyond that. And maybe that's exactly why it would benefit you to just reach out to someone. You it, it can be easier doing a podcast. Jennifer, this is the eighth year that I've been hosting a show. It's had many evolutions over those eight years. And within literally just the first five months, I was on the verge of saying, that's it. I'm done. Never again. This is too much. I don't like it. It's too, it's too much work. I mean, there was a whole bunch of stuff that, that was showing up for me, uh, creating the podcast itself. And then all this other behind the scenes, internal stuff and other, all this stuff that showed up. And it was literally me saying, okay, this doesn't have to be so hard what would make this more fun? And I didn't know if there was an answer to that, but in, in asking the question all of a sudden, then I started to get new ideas. I made some changes. Oh my goodness. Then I could actually start to enjoy what I was creating. And that made all the difference. And I'm, and I'm glad I did that because I like doing this. And so, yeah. So if you're out there and you're like, I love to write, but I'm having such a huge issue or I like working with people and I want to reach more people, but I'm having you know such a hard time. 
it can get better. So, oh my goodness. Okay. So Jennifer, I want to, let's share with people uh, your book. We are nearing the end of our conversation. I want to show everyone. I've got a picture of your book. I'm going to put it up on screen. Here's a copy of Jennifer's book. Gen Dr. Jennifer Jones wrote, there's a book in every expert that's you, how to write your credibility building book in six months. And Jennifer, how can people get this, get access to this book? It's available by in all booksellers. Um, the way I have my clients published is not just Amazon. It's all of the others too. Or you can buy it from my website. Um, you can buy the PDF version from anywhere. Uh, that one is three pounds. Uh, the paperback, I only ship within the UK and that's seven pounds. Okay. Most of the time I come in less expensive than the booksellers, but we have different aims. I'm aiming to get the message out there and the booksellers are aiming to make money. So. I, I noticed that and I, I'm, I find that to be very I, I'm impressive. And I think that's wonderful. It's, it allows more people to have access to your book and, uh, and, and, yeah. Anyway, that's fantastic. I, I was I was going to get into this isn't a conversation about about what has to be what, what you have to price your book at. But I love that what you have priced yours at because that that does make things easier for everyone. So let's tell everyone what your website is. EWC.coach. So EWC.coach is where you can go to connect with Dr. Jennifer and uh, also get her book through her website or through all the bestseller, the booksellers, as she mentioned, and tell everyone what EWC stands for. It has two meanings. One is the Entrepreneurs Writing Club. That's the name of my Facebook group, but it's also Expert Writing Coach. I love and it. So you are also owning the expert word. I am. I can't expect my clients to do it if I won't. I wanted something short that wasn't going to change. So. Well, I, yeah. And I think that's also really cool. You, Jennifer, you do a great job of making things simplified. And I think, I think that we, yeah, we also want to acknowledge that part because with the writing process, it can be, it can be so easy for the person to get caught up in the head and for everything to seem overwhelming, overcomplicated, just too much. And you're doing a great job of showing people this is simple. This can be affordable. I'm right here. That's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm getting through everything that you're creating for your writing clients. So you. yeah. Jennifer, do you have any final words before we close out the show here? Uh, just a quick note about my third book. The second book is for corporate audiences. So most of you will probably be interested, but the third book um, ready to publish is more for people who have say an existing program that they want to turn okay. into a book because your coaching program is you, if you've got recorded videos and things, you can pull the transcripts and there's your rough draft. You don't even have to start with a blank page. So there's a book and every expert is for people who are just starting from scratch and want to just start from blank page to build the book. Ready to publish is people who have some existing material that they want to okay. work with. So it can awesome. Okay. So, and I, so I don't have, and I don't have a copy of, of that book to show on screen here. I don't but either because I haven't managed to order any yet. <laughs> oh, is, is it, a, is it a new book or? It when did came that one out come in out? December and then I got COVID before I got together enough to order it and it just hasn't happened yet, but it is available on Amazon and um, other major booksellers. <laughs> 
Okay. That's okay. I'm glad, I'm glad that you recovered. And, um, wow. I didn't know that that one was so recent. So congratulations. It makes sense. Your first book was in 2020, right? Is that? Yeah. Okay. I'm getting the sequence right. Okay, good. Oh, Jennifer, I, um, I thank you for being here today. And I just, I, I just, I, I really, I really, I really like you. <laughs> I really like you. And I'm glad that we were able to do this today. And, um, and so thank you for being here and sharing all that you have. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been lovely. It has been lovely. Okay. Well, so Jennifer, I am just going to pop you back down into the lobby for a few moments while I close out the show. And then of course I will come back and see you and say, okay, so Okay, so everyone say goodbye to Jennifer and uh, we will see her all. I, I will see her again in a moment. And uh, oh my goodness, what are you taking away from today's conversation? Today we talked about the world needs your message with Dr. Jennifer Jones. And what's coming up for you as you think about this and ponder on this more, the world needs my message. Do you know what your message is? Have you... Have you, have you ever considered writing a book? Have you started writing a book and then completely stopped and just said, oh, this is too hard. I can't do it. Have you considered getting a writing coach? Jennifer absolutely knows what she's talking about. So, and, and she's a longtime friend. So I definitely recommend reaching out to her again at ewc.coach. And I just want to invite you again to remember that every day is a new day. Wherever you are today doesn't have to be where you are tomorrow, wherever you were yesterday doesn't have to be where you are today. We are always in progress, always in flow. And so if you've been in that space of experiencing a block with your writing or experiencing a block with whatever it might be, moving forward, moving forward in your business, uh, making shifts in some of your relationships, um, whatever it might be at all, just know that things can, can change. There's usually some sort of belief within us where we think, what? No, I can't do that. But what if you were to say, you know what? I am just as valuable. I'm just as worthy. Absolutely, I can. And when you look at, I love that Jenna, you know, we talked about looking at those most mistakes. When you look at, well, what, what have been my past mistakes? Mistakes. Uh, to me, everything serves a purpose. So nothing's really a mistake. When you look at the things you've already been through, learned from, grown through. Wow. Can you, can you think of some of those things that you have already learned from that you'd approach differently today? And how does that shift your thinking on, yeah, I guess I do know some things. And there are still plenty of people in the world who haven't experienced those things, who don't know what you know yet. You are absolutely an authority on what you know. So Take that in. Let me know what you're taking away from today's conversation wherever you watch this. If you'd like to reach out to me or learn more about the Everyday is a New Day show, you can always go to kimoneilcoaching.com and just know that you are amazing. Take a moment to breathe. And I'm wishing you a beautiful day. I'll see you all again very, very soon.